0: I know, I know. We're right back here again. Same crap, different day, right? Penguins fall in heartbreaking fashion. Where have I said that before? To the New York Islanders. Uh, this has been a theme for the last, at least the last 30 plus years. You can go about well back before that when they blew a 3 nothing series lead back <laughs> in the 70s. But, you know, I'm focusing on the last 30 years because I think that's where the big heartbreak has been. It continued with this game. To start the show, we're getting into Mike Sullivan's ridiculous deployment at the end of this game and why that plus a couple of really bad defensive miscues cost the Penguins one of their best performances of the the season. That's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins your daily podcast on the pittsburgh penguins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello good friday morning to you all welcome back to another edition of the locked on penguins podcast i'm of course your host hunter hodes you're gonna follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at Elwood Penguins, of course. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm recording this just as basically the clock, the clock, excuse me, strikes midnight. So very good Friday morning, March 10th, to you all. Thought I would be recording a very positive-filled episode for you, but nope. Of course, the Penguins have to squander yet another third-period lead to the New York Islanders. They're the third one in the last three meetings against them, and this one hurts the most penguins destroy them through the first 40 minutes third period first half of it playing fine you're killing a couple penalties honestly i would say the first 53 54 minutes of that of, of this game were a good final six minutes were a disaster and that's been the theme for huh, these basically these past three games um you know the islanders made it three two um, with about five minutes left, H- Hudson Fashing just schools Mikhail Gremlin to the net. Pretty poor defensive work there. Tristan Jari, not good movement at all. And I'm going to touch on that a little bit later. But here is the big kicker once again. For some reason, this head coach, someone who I have been a massive, massive fan of ever since he took over for Mike Johnston when I was, checked notes, 18 years old, I'm 25 now actually no part that yeah 19 years old no sorry 18 years old screwed that up whatever we're gonna leave that in (laughs) he has just lost his way this season with a lot of stuff and this jeff carter thing i do not get in the slightest i know you aren't gonna come in the comments i got a whole bunch of tweets. Hunter, what are you talking about? He missed the empty net. It was a high stick. Yeah, I get it. I probably put that out a little too prematurely. He he high sticked. It wasn't going to count anyway. That said, why in the heck, why in the HE double hockey sticks is he being iced in that situation? Two, two and a half minutes left, five on six. You need to preserve this lead to get the two points, to move ahead of the team that you are in direct competition with for one of the final playoff spots. And you're icing your worst forward. I don't get it. Are, is he doing this out of spite, Mike Sullivan? He's been doing it all year. And the media's asked questions about it. You know, you guys keep asking me this the same question. Yeah, because you keep making the same mistake. I'm surprised no one asked him about it tonight. I'd be grilling him about it every time if I were in the locker room. I wouldn't care if I got thrown out or something. I mean, I hope to be in that locker room for all of next season. And, you know, I, I would love to ask him that question every time. It's a joke. I, I don't think he would do that out of spite to the GM for giving him that contract. But, you know, I, I don't know what he sees. You know, I will never, ever say that I know more about hockey than freaking Mike Sullivan or basically anyone that is running a hockey team. You know, you obviously have more knowledge than i do you've been around the game a lot longer than me you know i, I am my, you know my ego maybe a little bit high sometimes i will never ever think something like that that's ridiculous but i feel like i knew at least a little bit to see analytically and eye test wise that this player is not cutting it i don't care where you play him center wing you know and honestly before that deployment he was looking okay Better, maybe, if you want to put in quotation marks, his line was not really getting caved in as normal when they moved Granlin to center. But still, the deployment makes no sense. He can't skate. He can't do anything offensively. He can't defend. He especially can't defend there. So why is he being iced in the most crucial part of the game in a game that you need to win? It was a must win. I just don't get it. And the funny thing is he, you know, actually makes a heads up, heads up play, bounce the puck out of the air. Okay, fine, whatever. But then he goes and touches it. You know, we can laugh that he missed the empty air. It wouldn't account, whatever. But he's a veteran player. You have to know not to touch that. If he lets that thing go a little bit, that wastes what? 10, 15, 20 more seconds. They're dumping the puck back into the zone. The Penguins defenders, they have a head start. To go back and get the puck to get it out to potentially spring someone for an empty netter. How does he not realize that in that situation? If that was a younger player there, like Drew O'Connor, P.O. Joseph, he's, he's in the lineup, they're probably benched for the next five to six games. But nope, not Jeff Carter. Gotta protect him in that no move clause. Gotta protect him at all costs. I don't know, man. I just and I I was raised to the you know. Be optimistic, you know, be like that positive person because, you know, there's a lot of hot takes out there on social media, on Reddit's, sports talk radio with how, I mean, that's probably some of the biggest hot take garbage you'll ever hear. But man, it is hard to get optimistic sometimes about this team when you see the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. Same deployment. Same stupid defensive results, same garbage goaltending. When you need a save from any one of these goalies in a high lever situation, they cannot give it to you. And it repeats in all these losses. Even when they play some of their best hockey of the season, those first 40 minutes, wow, I was getting ready to say this was going to be the performance of the season by the Penguins. Halfway through the third period was saying the same thing. 53, 54 minutes in saying the same thing. Unacceptable. I am sick and tired of the same exact errors being made, and nothing is being done to change it. Whether it's putting different players out there with the deployment, whether it's changing out some of the tactics, what whatever, man. This has got to stop. If they would have held on to these three leads over the Islanders when they brutally outplayed them, and I have the metrics, we'll get into that a little later on in the show, they'd be nine points up on them right now. Think about that. That is how much of a difference these games have cost them. They would have buried those suckers. Would have buried them, buried every team behind them. They would have locked up their playoff spot by now. Can't do it. Have that yeah, get that extra point tonight. You win those two other games. Five points. 79 right there. We take away those take away those points from the Islanders. Set, yeah. So, pardon me, pardon me. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And regulation, yeah. 79 to 70. I don't know, man. Sometimes the team has your number. I get it, but should not have lost any of those last three games. And it's the same stupid mistakes. You know, it, I mean, that, that mistake alone should get Ron Hextall out of here. <laughs> that's that's how I look at it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I have probably said my piece enough on that. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into some of the other blunders that we saw um, towards the late stages of the third period. While also, I will get into some of the positives from this game because I did see a lot of things that I liked and will also – preview the weekend to come for this team. But before we get into that, it is time to talk about FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On. We're past the midway point of the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. There you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout. With the same game parlay, so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you're when you go to fanduel.com/slash locked on. Again, fanduel.com/slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and Locked On. All right, I'm back here in this episode. Of the Lockdown On Penguins podcast, I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodies. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at or Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, other blunders that we saw um, late in this game that really cost the Penguins, you know, dumb penalties in the third period aside, they did well to kill them. I'm not really going to go at Drew O'Connor. Self, as penalty. Yes, they killed it. I don't really care. You know, you have six minutes left to defend a two-goal lead. I don't care who the hell you're playing you have to defend that. But Mikhail Granlin gets schooled by a player that I had never even heard of coming into the season in Hudson fashion, gets his fifth goal of the season. Also, Tristan Jari, I think you are allowed to make a save there. He did not look comfortable at all in this game. Honestly, these last two games, I don't know if Yins have noticed it. Maybe, it's, I don't think it's just me. Maybe you all have. He has not looked right. N- not at all. His movement looks, and there's the train, of course, that's going. His movement has been terrible. Giving up goals that he was not giving up to start the season. For example, look at the Hudson fashion goal tonight. Mikhail Granlin, bad defensive work there, should not let him get the inside track on him like that. But look at his movement going side to side. I mean, that's a save he should easily make. He, he should be making that nine out of 10 times, to be honest. I mean, maybe I'm a little wrong on that. I don't think I am on this with my opinion, but I feel like that's a save he usually makes, right? I, I just don't think he looks right. Even on that first goal from Anders Lee, his, he was kind of swimming in the net a little bit. It, it seems like he's just playing to not re-injure the groin slash chronic hip issue that he's been reported um, to be dealing with lately. That's what it seems like to me. And it's just, he's putting himself out there when he's obviously not 100%. That's what it looks like, but did not look good on that goal. The third goal, I'm not really going to blame him too much for. That's just a deflection. But the fourth goal, you know, makes a save on Paul Murray. That's nice. But Brock Nelson comes down memory lane. Jari, come out of your net a little bit. He gave Nelson the whole right side. Come out, be aggressive, be your, be yourself. Just gave him all that net to shoot at. Be nice if uh, our goalie in that situation would make a save. I know Ilya Sorokin or Igor Shosturkin or any other of these great goalies would make a save there. Tristan is not that guy right now. And it's showing. The goaltending has killed the Penguins against the Islanders this season. It's one of the main reasons why they got swept. Four games, first time since the team started playing in 72. It's never happened before. He just wasn't good enough. And going back to that third goal just a little bit, I don't know what Chris I don't know what Chris Letang was doing there. It's a very weird defense. You, you blowed up that play, right? Noah Dobson shooting it, obviously going for a redirect for Lee. And Letang is just swatting it at it. I'm like, that's not the play there. Get in front of that guy and box him out. I said that early on in this game on my social media. The fact that they have are they are, they are unable to box Lee out time after time after time is just coaching malpractice. Are they not preparing the players at all for him? It doesn't look like they are. It also then falls on the players to follow that game plan, even if they are. Which again, I don't. It doesn't look like it. What are you doing? I mean, we we all saw Patrick Hornquist drive goalies. And other defenders crazy for how good he was in front of the net. I feel like I'm having deja vu watching Anders Lee in front of the net just torching the Penguins every single time. He had at least four goals against the Penguins this season. I think he had seven points in the four games total. (laughs) He killed them this season. It's either seven points or seven goals, one of the two. Penguin killer always has been. For some reason, they refuse to box him out and get him out of the net front. He's standing in. He's standing in front of Tristan Jari. No one there to even I don't know give a, a small little cross check. The refs probably not even gonna call penalty there anyway. Whatever. But where's the defense there? Brian Dumoulin is in no man's land, covering Kyle Palmieri at the side of the net. I'm sorry, Kyle Palmieri ain't scoring there. He can come out of there and put also be on, on early in the situation. Just horrendous in-zone defense by the Penguins in the final couple of minutes. Again, I wish I was surprised that they blew this lead. I'm not. They've done this all year. and We used to be a proper country with this team with defending leads. Heck, you back here over this down, right? This was just a few years ago. They were 40-0-0 and, 0 and 0 when leading after two periods. This was just a few years ago. Yep. 40-0-0. and, 0 and 0. That ain't the record this season. They've lost double-digit games after having a third-period lead. It's pathetic. Or going into the third period. They just take their foot off the gas. They make stupid end-zone mistakes. The goaltending's not good enough. And this is what you get. And what led to the overtime loss, and With the loss in overtime, I know Jari should have ha- probably been able to make that save, but I had no problem with what Ricard Raquel did behind the net. He, If Sorokin, great play by him, by the way, swatting his stick out, putting the puck off the boards, Pedersen has no chance to get back. He doesn't do that. Pedersen probably wins the game there. He was coming down Main Street, was going to tee up a slapper from 20 feet out. I don't think Sorokin saves that for as good as he is. I would have made that play nine more times if I were Kurt McHale. But she never even gotten to that point. Just stupid play, defensive play by this team continues to hurt them every time. And while we're on that, the topic of defense, get that Kulikov-Ruda pairing and shove it where the sun don't shine. It's terrible. I I understand. Dimitri Kulikov has played only a few games. Getting acquitted of the system hasn't really been that good. Jan Ruda, he's been bad the last couple of games. I am sorry, Po Joseph, Po Joseph should not be pl- should not be on the bench for those two players. Should be. That pairing was a disaster tonight, and I mean an utter freaking disaster. Like, even through, you know, two periods, their expected goals rate was 24%. Pedersen Latang was 96. Jumo and Pichu was 82. You got have something cooking with that top pair, at least for right now. The top four, I should say. Get that Kulikov ruda pairing out of here, man. It's it's not good enough. A um, couple of positive, Um, Well, we can save that actually for the final segment. Come, uh, that wraps up this second segment where, you know, I continue to just, you know, I guess speaking – I don't think I'm speaking in the void. I'm speaking to all of you, of course. Um, but, man, I am – <laughs> I, I just can't let the same thing. It's just I, – I, again, it's same crap, different day against the Islanders, man. They should have won that season series. They, they threw it away. But to end the show, we're going to touch on some positives from this game, what the Penguins can take out of it. Plus, we'll do some small previews for the games on Saturday and Sunday, two more massive games for this hockey team that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Make to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. I did like some positives from this game. Jake Gensel rediscovering his scoring touch. That's two goals in the last two games now. Hopefully this leads to the floodgates really opening. I've seen too many of these weird J- trade Jake Gensel takes. I don't listen to those. He's having a little bit of a rough year. You know, I guess a little overall, but if the numbers don't really support that because he's close to a point-per-game player, it's it's a weird year for him. But he's hopefully starting to turn it around. Really like that deflection. Josh Archibald got his fifth goal this season. Nice play by him. Jason Zucker, where would this team be without him? He got his 22nd goal of the night. A little squeak past Sorokin, which is nice, but man, has he been awesome this season continues to be the heartbeat of this team. I am basically almost at that point where I would very much want to sign him back. Now, would I do a five or six-year term for him? Probably not. The guy's already 31 years old. I would probably do something like three years, four, four and a half million, see if he accepts that. I would not give him five or five and a half. That's probably a little bit too much. If he doesn't accept that, I think they may have to move on. I think maybe the highest term I would go is four years. Three is my, 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 Two to three is pro- honestly probably my sweet spot. Three, I could definitely, definitely do. But he has been awesome this season, man. I, I can't say enough about how good he's been for this team. And again, overall, this they, they were playing so well. Three games in a row against this same Islanders team. I'm not gonna sit here and call them mid or anything like that. You know, that's save that for Twitter and stuff. People can say whatever they want. They they swept them. At the end of the day, they were better in the four. They got the results in the four games. The Penguins did not. They didn't probably deserve the results in three of those games, but that's how hockey works sometimes. You get swept by the Islanders, but the Penguins sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hockey's weird. Like, I I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, At 5v5 tonight, the Penguins absolutely rolled them. They had um, 53% of the shot attempts. 76% 76% of the, of the high danger chances, 72% of the scoring chances, 69% of the expected goals. You know, if this game, if there was really no special teams, they win this game rather easily. But hey, special teams are a big part of the game. Pound to kill Stunk, yet again, Tristan Jari wasn't good. Defensive play in the final five minutes also wasn't good. And this is the result that you get. Again, that said, I like what we saw from pedersen Petri Pedersen-Latang tonight. Some of the results this season have not been the best at times. But in terms of shot attempts, scoring chances, and I expected goals very much on the plus side. Dumoulin Petrie, very good first game despite not being a big sample size. I want to get that third pairing cleaned up. I would do P.O. Joseph with Chad Wheedle. Try it. Why not? P.O. Joseph's had a better year than both Jan Ruda and Mitri Kulikov. I think overall, when you look at his Anaheim numbers, I think Chad Reweetle is a perfectly fine number six defense when we all saw it last season. I think he's probably at this point better than Jan Ruda. Try it out, see what happens. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you, obviously, you you're playing to get into the playoffs, but I would do it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I keep saying, you know, after these kind of losses, you play that game nine, uh, eight, nine more times. They probably win eight of them. I said that after the first one. I said it after the last one, and now I'm saying it after this. One. So you know, my, my luck there is just brutal. It, it, it's. I, people, it's <laughs> I'm just stuttering so bad. They, It feels like they, sh- they find new ways to lose, but no, it's really just the same thing with all three of these losses. The goaltending has been bad, making weird defensive reads, and the special teams have been garbage. There you go. They've smacked them at 5v5 these last three games. I don't know what to tell you. They dominated them. The fact that they only got one point out of that is just ridiculous to be honest it, it really really is hey so i got the three games in hand but again they only matter if you win them so i'll keep beating that drum down <laughs> we'll have to see what happens big weekend coming up here for the hockey team philadelphia on saturday afternoon new york comes town. the rangers on sunday afternoon more must win games the flyers are really bad they're not going to make the playoffs this season Tony d'angelo is not going to be in the lineup Kevin Hayes has been good. Travis Connecting is always a Penguins killer as well. Carter Hart is actually having a pretty decent year, but this is a game that I think the Penguins should be able to win and should be able to win rather uh, comfortably. They crushed the Flyers in the last matchup. I believe that was around uh, Thanksgiving, if I recall correctly. They went up to Philadelphia and – yeah, they, they, they smack them around pretty good. You look at the Flyers' lines right now. Joel Farabee, Morgan Foss, F- Frost, Owen Tippett, Scott Lawton, Noah Cates, uh, Tyson Forster. Um, Kevin Hayes with James Emmerich on the third line. Nicolas Delorier with Kiefer Bellows on the fourth line. Ivan Provorov, Cam York defensively. Travis Sanheim, Rasmus, Mr. Line, and Nick Sealer, Justin Braun. And again, Carter Hart in net. <laughs> they have a lot of injuries. Atkinson's done. Couturier's out. No Ryan Ellis. He has barely played since he became a Flyer. Wade Allison, Travis Connect, and he's actually on IR right now. So I don't really think, I don't, I actually totally forgot about that. So I'm not even really sure if he's going to be back in time to play in this one. That would be a, a massive loss, of course, for the Flyers. He tends to do very well against the Penguins. But in this one, got to watch out for Hayes. He's had a very good season. Frost has played well. Joel Farabee's having a good year. Owen Tippett has played well against the Penguins in the past. Scott Lawton as well, JVR. So these, they, they still have some players that can hurt you, but. This is a game that the Penguins have to win. I would expect Casey DeSmith to go in this one. I think they may save Tristan to play against the Rangers on Sunday, but it's one that I think they definitely have to win. Rangers on Sunday, real quickly. They've beaten the Rangers already this season. They beat them in Pittsburgh. This will be the final matchup against the Rangers at PPG. Getting traffic in front of Igor Shosturkin will be paramount. I would expect him to start, even though the Rangers play on um, Saturday. I think we'll go to Halak against the Sabres. Got to get traffic in front of them. Same strategy as it is with Sorokin. The Rangers are obviously a bit better right now, forwards-wise. They added Patrick Kane, Vladimir Cherisenko, but I still think they're a bit weak on the back end. Ryan Lindgren is still out right now. We'll have to see if he's back. By the time um, Sunday's game rolls around, he's continuing to skate, but he's not fully practicing just yet. That's been a big loss for them. They did just win in a shootout against the Canadians on Thursday night. It's really big missed opportunity for the Penguins to win that game regulation. Um, I know they would be six points behind, but... Now now you're seven behind going into that game against the Rangers. It could be cut down a little bit um, based on Saturday's results. If this if the Rangers lose to the Sabres and the Penguins beat the Flyers, could be five points if the Penguins win on Sunday. Could go down to three. We'll have to see. It's maybe a little bit of wishful thinking right now coming off this loss. But gotta slow down the Rangers forwards: Zabinovjad, Panarin, Kane, Tarasenko. I could go on and on and on. They have a lot of firepower up front. Their depth is also not bad. They also have a Tyler Mott this is a very good team that said defensively I think they're a bit weak Adam Fox is probably gonna have to play half their games in the playoffs if they really want to go on a deep run I'm not fully sold on their defensive core as a whole Ryan Lindgren is not bad KeAndre Miller is decent Jacob Truba you know aside from all the obvious uh, I don't really think he's any good at breaking the puck out of his own end or defending in his own end to be honest uh Brandon Schneider is probably one of the more underrated defensemen. But overall, I think it's a group that's lacking a little bit. I think the Penguins can definitely have them there. Um, so that, that's going to be a fun game. Limiting the Rangers' power play, it's very lethal. No matter who they put out there, that's going to be a big key for me. You know, beating them at 5v5. The Rangers are usually not that good of a 5v5 team. They're a bit better this year compared to where they were last year. But, you know, I think the Penguins, if they play up to their level, they can be a better 5 on 5 team want to see the special teams be better, need to see the goaltending to be better, and please, for the love of God, try to play better in front of Chris Kreider than you have in front of Anders Lee. You know, Kreider is a big Penguin killer. You all know that. He's. I would, I would not be surprised if he scored at least one goal in that game on Sunday. But two more games you have to win here. The Penguins, their struggles against Metropolitan Division teams have No, not gone unnoticed. The stat of the night here comes from Jenna Harner. They are fifth in the Metro. Their current record against the top four teams ahead of them, one in seven and four. The one win, of course, against the Rangers, but losing 11 out of 12 to the four teams in front of you, just not good enough at all. And I have never, ever seen the Penguins struggle like that against Metro teams under the Mike Sullivan era. They are usually very, very good against Metro teams. So obviously if that changes here a little bit down the stretch, two massive games here, got to win them, got to stay in contention here. You're the Penguins. They are lucky that some of the teams behind them are playing like crap. Right wings have slacked off. The Sabres are playing like garbage. Um, <clears throat> the Senators, last I checked, it was 3-3. I'm actually going to look at that score right now. They had a 3-0 lead. The Seattle came back to tie it. Let me see how that is going as of this recording. Four four right now. So after that, it was Vince Dunn that made it four three. Then Drew made it four um, four. We'll have to see. The Capitals lost tonight in the shootout. You know, Penguins are four points up for the final spot right now. Um, if if the Senators lose, you know, it still remains the same. And even if they win, actually remains the same. They'll be four points up going into this matchup on um, Saturday, but. <sighs> I think that probably does it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I apologize for a lot of the negativity in this one. <clears throat> I Again, I pride myself on being very optimistic, very positive. I try not to be like that hot takes guy that just fused nonsense on Sports Talk Radio or subreddit and Twitter and all that stuff. But it's, sometimes it's hard to find positives with this team, despite that they've won five for their last seven. Should be six of seven right now, to be honest. But... <sighs> They gotta clean up the, these these third periods. It's it's unacceptable. And they gotta strengthen together some more wins here. Playoffs are not a guarantee. They have the inside edge because the math is good. And some of the teams behind them they have been giving them a lot of help. But <clears throat> until they start breaking away from some of these teams, the question of will or will they make the playoffs will continue to be, I know, just etched in everyone's minds. So that'll do it for this episode of the Lock Tom Hangless Podcast. I really appreciate. all of you listening to this one this will be the last episode with this absolute garbage of a webcam for those watching on youtube my brand new one comes on friday it is very very good i'm really excited for it it has gotten great reviews it's one of the recommended ones i've actually my actually my buddy recommended it for me and i know a lot of people on the network that have it very excited for it to debut and i think you all are gonna love it that watch on youtube so that's the second part in really up doing my seminar. And then we're going to get that stuff, some more stuff behind me as well. But again, thank you all so much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. We'll be back with more episodes on Monday. Have a great weekend. Let's see if they can get a big back-to-back sweep here against two more division rivals. Talk to you all next week.